Hi, welcome to Payments and More, the Alive Show. I'm Nico, CEO of Alive. Each week, I will have a chat with successful women and men from the payment industry. We will speak about their business journeys and the lessons they learned. I will ask them to share their views, their opinion about the most relevant topics in payments and more. My aim is to bring you off the beaten track stories, views and perspectives from a different angle to shed new light on what's hot in payment space and its future. We will go with the flow. Let's see where our guests take us. This is Payment and More. Enjoy the ride. Today, our guest is Delphine Boss, 20 years of experience in marketing in the payment sector. You heard about brands like Global Collect, EMS, ADN, SafeCharge, Nuve. Well, Delphine was shaping this visibility from uh, day one, working for a great brand of the industry. I'm very delighted to have her today. On this show, we will discuss with Delphine very hot topics. What makes brands famous? We'll speak about the crowded market in the new payment method and how differentiating and correct messaging attracts consumers. And finally, we we'll learn about the fintech movement in Amsterdam. Delphine is a board member of the French Tech. We'll also have the opportunity to win a one-week trip for two to Ibiza with a person of your choice with our famous Allies box game. Finally, We'll dig into Delphine's best personal secret at the end of the show. Welcome to Payments and More, the Alive Show. Enjoy the ride. Delphine, welcome to Payments and More, the Alive Show today. Thank you for I, having me. Am I interrupting one of your meditation or yoga sessions? I already finished that. I do that every morning. I must say I'm very surprised that somebody so calm can design uh, so powerful messages. Is it your way to work? Well, it's the way to gather the strengths that you need to go through uh, very heavy days. I know you're very busy. So over 20 years of experience in positioning brands, as I said, as Global Collect, EMS, ADN, were you the person who put the ADN logo in Times Square? I'm curious about that. Yeah, me and my team. I think this was a great moment at Adyen because it, it really marked a tipping point where Adyen has been in the background of a lot of big brands for a couple of years. We were not allowed to tell about the great companies we were working with. And we designed this uh, amazing campaign, Get Paid, to really push a very powerful message out there. And we started a campaign in New York, everywhere. And through some partnership, we managed to put a video on Times Square. And I must say, the moment you see your brands and the message you've been working on for so long appear on, on Times Square, it's really a big moment. And I think everyone at the company were quite proud of it. So most recently, you, you also revamped the image of SafeCharge in view of their acquisition by Nouvet. Let's remember that uh, this acquisition was over $800 million and uh, you have a, a big share of responsibility in that price. You're also an Allies co-founding partner and a board member of the French Tech in Amsterdam. So Delphine, you know, all our guests have an award. I'm going to give you an award. That's the only moment of the show where you cannot speak. 
I must say, I always thought that creating a brown from scratch was not that complicated until you took me into the journey of creating the Allies Browns, because you created the Allies Browns. Taking this as an example, could you explain the journey to create a brown? We are not here to do advertising about Allies, but explain these browns. I think, you know, a brand is like a personality, right? And so what you need to do at the beginning of the journey is really understand the psychology and the reason why people that are making this company are doing what they are doing and what they want to make as a difference in their market. So it all starts with analyzing and there's a part there that is very much about psychology. And when you have captured that spirit, you are going to translate this into a name first and then into a visual identity. And all of a sudden, with these elements together, the brand appears. And to get it further into the market, you're going to add the content, the voice of this brand. And so these are, I would say, the major steps to create a brand from scratch. And then you have the creativity because you were explaining that uh, a lie start with a lie, like we are the ally of our clients. Mm -hmm. Eyes is, we have, uh, how is the explanation of these eyes at the end of our brand? Allies is, um, to be honest, I think it really is about being an ally for the brands we're working for and, and being a real partner and not only outside of the company, but also within the company, really being the part of the team and thinking like our customers. Because the idea behind this is that we have all been the experts of Ally at in the shoes of our customers, let's say. We have all been acting and be in their role. So in that sense, we understand them very well and we understand their goal. And we wanted to have Ally as a name, but it didn't work out because the URL and all these attributes were taken. So we thought about the play on word allies with a kind of graphic element that would make it understandable. And then the eyes stand out and we thought, yeah, this is eyes is really interesting idea because we are also, and that's what our customers are telling us, we are also an external eye on what they are doing and how they are doing things. And very often a fresh look is very helpful because a lot of them are so much into what they are doing and so much working on, on their target that they forget some things that are sometimes obvious, but they have forgotten about it. So that's the eyes dimension of the Allies brand. Let's reveal some secrets because we have a lot of merchants listening to us today as well. I want you to tell them the secret behind the successful brands of the payment sector. What have successful brands done to succeed marketing-wise? Yeah, I think there are 
three elements that are very, very important. The first one is understand your customers. And a lot of uh, brands forget about that, but you really need to know who you want to talk to. And the data is very important. Doing your research is very important, but there's also a more psychological dimension and having a lot of empathy for your customer in a sense that you really need to put yourself in their shoes to know how they see things and what their real needs are, because sometimes they are going to tell you something, but what they want is something else. So you really need to dig deep into what it is that they actually want. The third thing is taking these two first elements into account you also need to do some vision work and strategy to see where the market is going and anticipate on the needs that these customers will have tomorrow because the market payments is evolving very, very fast. So you see the different offerings moving in the market and so you know where this is going to go. So understanding your customer, their needs, the hidden needs as well, and what their future needs will be is the first secret. The second thing to have a very efficient marketing is about copy, text. You know, the power of words is huge and the way uh, you are saying things can move mountains. So... Having a great copy is key to fuel your content strategy as well. Your words, the way you write, your messaging is going to be everywhere in your press release, in your web copy. It's going to be in your thought leadership. It's going to be everywhere. Let's speak a little bit about content. It's a very important point. And, you know, I have my strong opinions in this show We are consuming content of the payment industry every single day uh, via LinkedIn. We are subscribed to, you know, all the providers' uh, releases. My opinion is that you will say half of it is pure advertising. You get a lot of misleading content where it's not even hidden that they are pushing their solution. What's the correct content to have? Yeah, and you're totally right there. You know, a lot of companies just push content because they are told content is king, you need to create content. And I think pushing the wrong content can be counterproductive. A good content is going to add value to your customers. And, you know, to come back to what we were talking about earlier, if you really understand who your customer are and what their needs are, you're going to create a content that is going to add value to them. And they are going to use to help them do a better work and reach better results. So I think that that's one part, what it is about and and really create things that are helping them. But the other thing is, a little bit more into the the shape and the style to just come back to the copy of 
what you're writing is very important. I think sharp and simple messages are very important. Some companies tend to have a very marketing type of vocabulary and it could sound very smart, but actually when you're thinking about does it mean something, is it helping anyone? Well, no. I think these are the right questions that you need to ask yourself when you're creating content and see, is this piece going to help anyone? And if the answer is no, well, you don't have a good content. So, and perception, because what I noticed is that every brand of our sector have a sort of perception attached. When you speak about Stripe, you think about clever technology from the Silicon Valley. You speak about Adyen. No, they are very well known in retail. JP Morgan is a very solid bank, first acquirer in the world. It takes years to build a, a perception and an image, right? Well, it takes years, but it's also a consistency in the messages you're sending to the market. Companies that have a great image have built a very strong story with good fundamentals, and it's the same story that is told across all channels. And I think this is what you see in the Stripe example, for instance, that, you know, the Collison Brothers are the ambassadors of these brands. They are very, very good at telling their stories. And it's the same story. And you can, you know, it's reflected across everything the company is communicating. And that, that's really, really good. And I think to do that, you need to be able to align internally and have a strong culture and empower everyone in the company to be an ambassador and be equipped with the right messages and also enable them to walk the talk so that it's not only a communication effect, but it also translates in the, in the way the company is acting in the market at all levels. And I think that is why these brands are, are really great and have a reputation. And what is also important to say about this is it's important to keep it going, to keep that reputation, because the moment, it's not because you're reaching this height that your reputation cannot be ruined in a very short period of time. If for some reason, at some stage, some of these channels are going to communicate a different message that the message that brought you to the top is, then your reputation is at stake. You see, Global Collect is, is a good example of this. You know, this company was once the leader in the market and the brand was having a lot of sympathy across you know, markets, and it was at the top. When I joined Adyen, you know, the team there, they really uh, were impressed by Global Collect and they thought they were not doing a good job marketing. But see what happened next. I think the, the company totally, for some reasons, communicated different messages and lost it in translation. 
and it's uh, impacted their business big time. So, you know, you have big names out there at the moment, but it doesn't mean that they're going to stay there. It's a very dynamic market and very competitive market. And marketing is, is a very powerful angle that uh, companies need to take into consideration to keep their position. So there is a part that we are missing in the picture, which are the consumers. And in our industry, we know that there are over 300 payment methods, alternative payment methods. But at the end of the day, the consumers uh, have four or five, are using a maximum of four or five. There is an image also attached to those payment methods. The other day, uh, a consumer was telling me, uh, I'm paying with a pink payment method. I don't know what was this pink payment method. It was a German. He was paying with Klarna. He could not remember the name of the payment method, but uh, he was pressing always on the Klarna button because he remembered the pink. You speak about PayPal. PayPal still thinks over 10 years after that PayPal is the most secure payment method. Is it important, this communication to consumers? Because there is a war with all those new payment methods appearing right now. Yeah. So I think on the payment method side, there are a couple of things that are important. The first thing is it needs to add value also to the end customer and bring something else. So, for instance, if you think about Apple Pay coming into the market, people were all excited about paying with their watch or their mobile phone. So the spread of the payment method and the customer's adoption of the payment method became very fast, a good success. But people are not changing of a payment method that fast. So at some stage, they probably use PayPal or Klarna for some reasons because it added value to them. And they will keep on doing that until something else comes and again adds value to the customer. And that value can be technical, but it also can be a lifestyle choice, right? Let's take an example, Delphine, because I know, and this one we can disclose it publicly. You worked recently uh, for a new wallet called Applause. So yeah. Applause is a wallet. How many wallets were launched in this world, right? But you attach a consumer message, a very strong consumer message to the brand. If you can explain those values that you tried to attach to Applause, that is quite successful, actually. Yeah, so Applause is, is a new prepaid payment method. And actually, it's a payment method that we think is empowering conscious spending. What does it mean? We thought that there is a place in this market for a fair way to pay because we live in a world where a payment becomes a very seamless experience for customers. It's a good thing, but they tend to lose control on their spending capabilities because you know their payment is taken without them thinking about it even. But also data privacy and it's all over the news now that it's very sensitive data that a lot more people nowadays are don't want to share on the internet. 
So with applause, we have a fair way to play that eliminates the risk to lose control of your spending or of your privacy. You can buy vouchers in stores and then uh, spend online. And this aspect, it's a lifestyle. It's a statement that customers are taking to say, I want to keep in control. That's why I'm going to pay with applause. And that's how you see that this dimension around the message that you are pushing together with the payment method is very, very strong. Using applause or offering applause as a payment method, we're saying it's a statement. It's a statement that the merchant is doing. It's a statement that the customer using applause is making. So you're creating a statement around the payment method. Yeah, you know, we keep uh, always a very close eye on any innovation. I love to speak about innovation, and I know you're a board member of the French Tech in Amsterdam. So Amsterdam plus French in payment usually is quite a juicy uh, environment. Tell me what's coming. What do you observe? What type of technologies are you seeing? Yeah, I think there's a, a very interesting movement happening at the moment that has been launched in the past months by the French government via the French tech. It's called Scale Up Europe. And Scale Up Europe, it's a movement that is aiming at reinforcing cooperation in Europe to have a strong startup scale-up ecosystem. And it is very important because we see that a lot of the tech companies out there are not European, that we have hurdles to develop big companies in Europe uh, compared to the US or Asia. And so the idea there is really to reinforce cooperation at all levels, finding the right investors, finding the right talents, and enforcing the cooperation. So that's something that, that is very interesting for us here in the Netherlands because we are in a very dynamic environment. The Dutch government is also very dynamic to support the tech economy. And here, the Netherlands has been very strong in everything that is linked to fintech. So, of course, everyone knows about Adyen, now one of the largest contributors of the AEX, which is the Dutch Euronext Index. All those fintechs, is their aim to attack the traditional player, the traditional banking, as we see in InsurTech, for example? Is it a war going on? Um, or is it more niche and, and complement the traditional players? So I wouldn't call it a war, but what is true is that the weights, the economic weights is changing from the traditional players, the banks that were traditionally weighting a lot more than they do now because all the new players like the Adians are taking the lead. But I also see a lot of cooperation going on. And I think that the traditional players are also contributing to the innovation out there. 
So there are some very interesting dynamics there. You're observing very close all the new uh, technology that arrives in the market, starting with Holland. We are completely independent and we don't do advertising. But when I see a startup, sometimes they have great ideas. Sometimes they did not communicate correctly yet. And there are hidden gems. Do you have some names in mind or technologies in mind? Yeah, so there's a couple of companies that have been started by ex-employees of Alien, for instance. That's the case for Silverflow. Silverflow is, is a new company out there that is offering a platform for acquirers, PSPs, to connect them directly to cut schemes and offering them the latest technology It's a very, very interesting new model. We've seen they announced yesterday a partnership with Deutsche Bank, which is a major step for the company, but also proves that the old players like the traditional bank are really betting on this new technology that is offered to them. And that's where you see the collaboration between the traditional players and the new technology out there. I think it's a beautiful example of where the market is going. So you're involved into the, the French tech in Amsterdam. You're involved in many uh, federation and uh, organization of the industry. Let's imagine for a minute that you're the president of the payment and fraud prevention players, chief marketing officers, mm -hmm. the association of uh, the marketing officers of this world. And this is your golden minute. You are addressing them at the opening ceremony. What will be your call to action? Well, Nico, my call to action would be really simple and straightforward. And it would be just keep it simple. Keep it simple. I think marketing is really about uh, connecting great product and services to great customers and having very simple, straightforward messages is the best way to build this connection, in my view. Keep it simple, like the get paid motto of Adyen uh, a few years ago. That's a great advice, Delphine. We are reaching a moment that everybody is expecting, our game, the Allies game. So let me explain you the game again, if this is the first time you're listening to this podcast. I have a box on my desk with something related to payment in it. The audience can guess what is in this box. You can give us some hints by asking me a question about this object that is inside the box. Whoever wins can win a week holidays to Ibiza for two from anywhere in the world. They just have to post the answer on our LinkedIn page to leave a message on our web. This is your question moment. You can ask me a question about what's in the box. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I would love to win this prize, but I can't, right? <laughs> you can't. All our guests uh, can't. Uh, okay. Yeah, a question. What could it be? Is the thing in your box French? <laughs> and I know you're Dutch. Since recently you're Dutch, we are going to be accused of a French mafia here on this show. Well, it's not French. It's not a Czech, Delphine. I know you're very clever. Okay. You had this in mind. <laughs> no, <laughs> we are a modern podcast, so it's not a paper check in the box. But thanks for this tip. Again, 
don't uh, forget to put your answer on our LinkedIn page if you have an idea of what could be in this box. Finally, we are reaching the end of the show. I want to be a little bit personal, more personal. I know you started your career in the gas industry. I saw you in 93 in Buenos Aires at the embassy trying to promote some pipe for the gas industry. How did you fall into payment after that? <laughs> well, that's a great question, Nico. And I must say the first time I, I ended up in a meeting about payments, people talking finance around me, I was uh, laughing inside and thinking, what am I doing here? But the reason why I tell you is very simple. It's because it is a very international environment. So the companies that I met were with a lot of international people. And that's what I like. I like culture differences. And the same reason that brought me to gas industry previously, an opportunity to meet people from different cultures and to travel around the world. And so far, I think it was a great choice because it uh, led me to all parts of the world and meet very interesting people. And that's a true statement because I bumped into you in Tel Aviv, in Hong Kong, in Buenos Aires, in the Silicon Valley as well. So I know you're everywhere. Apart from that, I know you're sailing. You also own a boat. You're skiing, you're ice skating, you're doing your yoga, you're rowing. Make your choice, Delphine. If you go to the Olympics, what will be your, your favorite uh, sport to compete in? Well, it's probably a sport that is not yet in the Olympic uh, Games. <laughs> yoga. Yoga. It, it will come. It will come, I'm sure. Thank you very much, Delphine. It was really a pleasure to have you in our show. You can find Delphine rowing on the Amstel or getting in touch with Elias. In one word, how would you end this show with a one word of recommendation to the people listening to us? Well, I think for everyone that is listening to this podcast, I think people that are interested in, in payments and payments is a, a big family. And my recommendation would be, you know, stay in touch with your payments, contact your payments team. There is a lot of things happening in the market and Nothing replaces the human personal contact. And I think it's, uh, it's great to continue having exchanges and speaking to each other, especially in moments that we are living with the current context out there, where unfortunately there are less events, less opportunities to meet in real. I think, but the communication, personal contacts are very, very important and also a great moment between all the people of this big payment family. Thank you very much, Delphine. I know you're very busy. A great having you today with us and meet you very soon somewhere in the world. Thank you, Nico. Thanks for joining Payments and More, the Ally Show. If you enjoyed the interview as much as we did, please share this podcast with your network. Leave us a five-star review, of course, and subscribe now to Payments and More in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. This is the best way not to miss any episode with great guests. You can find more information about our guests today and how to connect in the show notes or on Ally's website. 
Last, I love to hear from you. Please let me know your suggestion for the next episodes, guests to interview, topics to address, or questions you'd like me to ask to our guests in our Allies LinkedIn page or in the comment section of this podcast. See you in the next episode of Payments and More. I'm Nico. We are Allies. <laughs>